Welcome to episode 43 of Between the Times. This is a podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, I am here with the usual cast of characters for uh, this podcast, Reverend, Reverend Dr. John Payne, a senior minister of Christ Church, uh, Dr. Gabriel Williams, a professor of physics at the College of Charleston, and I'm Ross Hodges, I'm associate pastor at Christ Church, and we are here this morning uh, with the knowledge that our students from our churches will be headed back to college soon, some for the first time. And Pastor John has uh, just written an article for the Gospel Coalition, which uh, by the time this podcast airs will likely be published. Uh, and it is uh, advice for uh, college freshmen. I believe it's called Dear College Freshmen. Is that right? That's correct. And uh, walking with God in college, uh, walking with God as a freshman, uh, but this would certainly be for any college student. And so today we want to have a conversation about that and um, being a Christian in college. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, Gabe, you are uh, intimately acquainted with the college campus Mm -hmm. uh, in that you... (laughs) Uh, live half your life there, or more it seems, um, and uh, you are a, a, a professor of physics and is it atmospheric? Uh, atmospheric science. Atmospheric yeah. science. Whatever so that is. We don't know. Um, we just uh, smile and nod just when, when we ask Gabe about his job. Um, something about hurricanes. All I know is that most of the uh, freshmen on the College of Charleston campus are terrified of him, uh, as they should be. But uh, in all seriousness, Gabe, why? Uh, why would an article like this that John has written um, be helpful? It's a couple of basic reasons. And so for college freshmen, this is probably the first time that they're asked to live on their own, which basically mm-hmm. means there's no one forcing them to do anything. Uh, apart from just the standard, make your parents proud, don't waste your parents' money sort of thing. It's the first time really that most uh, young people will have their chance to make their own decisions and is also the real time where they will develop their future habits and so in some very important sense the your first year in college in a lot of ways in essentially dictates kind of what your life will be like as a young adult and that's one sense of it just it's your first time out what are you going to do now that you have freedom from your parents and we know how that works out in college in general some people take the you know, I'm away from my parents. I can do what I want. They really can't say anything about me. That That's that one perspective. The other perspective, and this is probably more specific to this generation of students, so this meaning millennial. We're still in a millennial generation at this point. There is a... You guys are millennials, aren't you? Oh, yeah. We're the older, <laughs> we're the older Technically. millennials. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> You're the bad example for the younger millennials. Exactly. <laughs> We're the millennials that are trying to sneak in under the radar. Exactly. But, um, snowflakes? The, <laughs> the snowflake generation, yeah. The, in a real sense, um, what I would say is that for the millennial generation that's kind of grown up, a lot of the things that probably older people have seen that has rapidly occurred within society, morality, and things like that, are accelerated on college campus. And so what that basically means is a lot of the students who have, say high school students who have come into a college campus, they are seeing probably some of the things they were taught concerning the changing morality of when they were in high school. So a lot of the, what can be called the rape culture, mm-hmm. a lot of it was called the, the sexual promiscuity, the party life sort of thing, the real kind of detachment of meaning from life, 
the real uh, sconding of God, mm. pushing as far away as possible yeah. from your thoughts, those things are really accelerating in college. And so it's a very important issue to kind of just tell students coming in, like, look, for the first time in your life, you're going to make these decisions. You're, gonna, you're the adult. You're making these decisions. And in a sense, they're coming after you. Mm. <laughs> to get a little uh, more personal here, what's the, the young Christian... Uh, coming onto the campus of College of Charleston going to experience. I've heard that is a very secular mindset amongst Mm -hmm. the student body there. What's been your experience? Uh, My experience has been that if you're your first kind of week or so on campus, you're basically going to go through the standard freshman orientation sort of things. Once classes end, you have multiple temptations. So first it's just Charleston. So if you're not from Charleston, you think of Costa Charleston, you think of beaches, you think of King Street, you think of all of the restaurants down there and you bars. bar and you think of the bar scene. And so oftentimes the first week or so when we pull up our email, we see uh, people who are going to the hospital because of a little bit too much alcohol. So alcohol poisoning. We also see people who may get robbed on King Street because they're out three o'clock in the morning and they're kind of by themselves. So that's kind of a scope of the worst that you would see. Probably the average person is going to basically see that you have a bunch of people like you. A lot of people are trying to get away from most of their parental pressures. And so what often that means is that um, the restraint that is normally there by your parents is gone. And so the first couple of months, you tend to see a lot of hookups. Uh, to say that in a crude way, so a lot of sexual, a lot promiscuity. of sexual promiscuity. First couple of months, you tend also to see, and depending upon kind of what corner of the campus you're on, there's some drug use, and there's already been numerous reports about frat life, uh, fraternity and sorority life on campus. Most of them, most of the fraternities and sororities are more or less harmless. But there are some that actually have engaged in some criminal behavior. And so part of the College of Charleston experience in some sense is engaging in Greek life. And that has its own um, pitfalls, you can imagine. Yes, and this wouldn't be unlike uh, many college yeah, campuses. Like anything else. Very similar. So uh, it's very important as uh, a college freshman or mm-hmm. a college student uh, in any yeah. uh, grade to, as, a, as a Christian believer you need to come in uh, ready yeah. and prepared. First uh, Peter warns us that uh, the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I mean, mm-hmm. this is right in front of us when it comes to college campus life. Yeah, so that in mind, uh, John, you've been thinking through this uh, recently, uh, what our, our covenant children, who aren't really so much children anymore, now our covenant uh, those who've been raised as covenant children, growing up, heading off to college or in college, obviously facing a host of temptations and a hostile environment all rolled into one, while oftentimes away from the security structure of home and home church. Um, so, what is important? What what should uh, if if I'm a college freshman and I'm listening to this or I read your article, what what should I take away as far as how to uh, follow Christ, how to walk with Christ uh, in college? I think there are many uh, things that we could point to. I've, I've come up with five that mm-hmm. I think uh, 
would be general things that, that others would, would stress as well, but need to be stressed. And uh, the first one is finding a solid church home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important. I think the first thing that a Christian college freshman should do is make sure uh, that they find and get committed to uh, a local church. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the main reasons is because this is what God calls every one of his children to do. If you are a professing Christian believer, uh, it would make no sense for you not mm-hmm. uh, to find a solid church home. And uh, why is that? Well, a, a good church home is Christ's ordained means mm-hmm. of protecting, nourishing, equipping, and tending his flock. This is his means. This is his ordained way of caring for his people. And mm-hmm. so uh, it's important that in this time where there is a lot of temptation, mm-hmm. as, as Gabe, you were just saying, I mean, this is probably one of the most intense a uh, few weeks of temptation that a lot of Christians mm-hmm. will ever have is when they leave home mm-hmm. and all of a sudden are introduced to all of these new freedoms yeah. and temptations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so isn't it important that that uh, young Christians going into their freshman year are solidly connected to, to a, a, a good church where they're going to be under the faithful preaching of the Word of God, where they're going to be coming mm-hmm. to the Lord's table, where there'll be elders who, who know them and love them. And now we know mm-hmm. this all can't happen within two weeks. We understand that. It's the only reason why you should be doing some research before you go yeah. Yeah. and start getting connected even before you go to college, but especially right when you get there to get to know some people and to let people know you're there and you want to be shepherded. It seems to me the uh, going, to, going to college uh, and not plugging into a church, uh, not becoming committed to a church uh, would be the spiritual equivalent of, of going to um, uh, Six Flags and getting on a roller coaster without putting on the restraints. <laughs> yeah. You're just going to get thrown off. Very, very yeah, likely. Yeah. It's just very dangerous and um, just not helpful. So, number one, plug into a church. Find a good church. And that's not just uh, for, for your sake. It's not all just about you. It's about you serving others as well because... Uh, God has given his children gifts in order to serve mm-hmm. the building up of the body of Christ. And so I would say that that's an important aspect of this as well, is get, find a good church, home, mm-hmm. not in order just to be served, but to serve and to be a blessing and encouragement to others. And we, as we know, that builds up your faith mm-hmm. uh, in many ways when you are actually exercising it and serving others and building up the church. The second thing is a strong devotional life, mm-hmm. spending time with the Lord. Uh, it's not only about going to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's about spending time with Jesus every day uh, in His Word. Why, why is that so important, you think? Well, one of the things that I was taught when I was in college and by a youth minister was it's amazing how the habits you form in college is what you repeat when you become an adult. Mm. And if you say in college, I just don't have the time to have a devotional life, you're going to say the same thing when you get a real job, yeah. when you get a real family, and sure. on and on and on and on. Yeah. So in one sense, it's a habit formation issue. You need to have the discipline to say, this time I set apart for the Lord to commune and to uh, receive from Him. And then I have kind of the other things that I do. So in one sense, it's ensuring that the habits you're forming now is going to perpetuate to the future. And the second, it's just kind of obvious that 
we think of the vine and the branch analogy all the time in this mm-hmm. regard. Yeah. That you cannot expect to be a well-growing, well-developed Christian if you're detached from regular communion with the Lord. And if you consider what's coming at you for the first time in college, if you're not vitally, intentionally attached to the vine, you can only really expect atrophy to occur. Mm -hmm. The question is often asked, is it important to do it in the morning or can one do it in the afternoon or the evening? Um, how How would you respond to that question? I mean, I would say that there's certainly no rule about that. Uh, you need to know yourself, um, and if you're the kind of person and you have the sort of schedule in college or elsewhere, uh, when your particular routine is one that the morning time is a time of extreme fatigue and non-alertness and those sorts of things, well, then you need to find a better time. For many people, though, I, I do think there's something about starting the day uh, with time in the Word and in prayer. Um, yes. It, it just tends to set the tone. It tends to quiet your heart before the Lord and, and get your, um, just get get the right uh, kind of trajectory as you as you head out on the day. Right. Um, again, I don't want to say there's some sort of rule about right. that, that like you're more pious, yeah. uh, you know, you're more godly if you have a, you know, some, yeah. some time in the morning. But just pragmatically, it can be very helpful yeah. if, if it fits well with your particular routine and needs. Paul uses the illustration in Ephesians 6 about... Uh, uh, the armor of God mm-hmm. and putting on the armor of God yeah. and there's a sense in which every day I think especially for a college student and even more specifically for a college freshman that when you go out into the world and uh, on a college campus and you're you're faced with all kinds of challenges and temptations that to put on that armor mm-hmm. in the morning as you're going into battle, as it were, because I think we do need to see life as as yeah. as a, a battle zone for our souls. I yeah. mean, if you don't see life like that, you're not reading your Bible, because Paul is always using these kinds of yeah. militaristic illustrations. Mm-hmm. We are in a in a battle, and uh, so I think while I agree with with Ross that there's no set rule for this, and it may even be that you have a, a really short time in the morning. And then a longer time later or in the evening before you go to bed. But I think to establish a pattern of waking up and giving glory to God and actively resting in Christ and abiding in Him prior to going out into your day is a really good habit mm-hmm. uh, to, to form. So, so finding a good church home, uh, having a strong devotional life. The third thing um, that I emphasize is healthy friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important that when you go into your freshman year that you have uh, healthy uh, friendships. And that doesn't just mean Christian friendships. Uh, it means healthy friendships. And I think our best friends ought to be Christians uh, to be equally yoked in that sense. But you can also have non-Christian friends that are healthy friendships where you're actively winsomely reaching out to them in the gospel and you have things in common and your those kinds of things can be really good and you can actually have unhealthy christian friendships too oh, yeah. that are yeah. where mm-hmm. perhaps you're dating someone and you're sexually active and it's mm-hmm. this yeah. totally inappropriate or mm-hmm. or you're you know in a friendship that's just you know dysfunctional in some way so it's just important you have healthy friendships mm-hmm. with believers and with with unbelievers it reminds me of the proverbs uh, passage i forget the exact reference but he who walks with the wise becomes wise but a mm-hmm. companion of fools suffers harm mm-hmm. there's a lot to be said for that uh, as far as the the choices you make with uh, friendships in college 
kind of adds to that. It's amazing how much apostasy occurs because of really bad friends. Yeah. And unpack that for us. That's and a so a, you know, we can say a lot about the real states of high school seniors, Christian walk coming in college, but the honest kind of visual assessment is if you hear someone's apostasy story in college, it's probably, it usually occurs something like this. I'm having struggles understanding Christian faith. I have a friend who is either at the same point or further along the apostasy trail. And they're often dating, yeah, by the way. Yeah, in some way or fashion. <laughs> and next thing that happens is that now you have people who are denying the faith based upon questions that their friends raise or things that their friends kind of prodded. And so one of the things that I've taught multiple people over time who parents as well as you know high school seniors is that this preferably would have learned how to do the discernment of Christian of just character and intentions of people but it's in college where you need to realize that one everyone can't be your friend and they shouldn't two everyone is not your enemy but three there's very it's a small group of people that you should be able to trust where you can actually pour out your heart and they're not going to basically drive a nail in your heart in version of in view of faith. Mm. And so one of the things that uh, I think is really useful in this case is why you have a church home and you have a devotional life. Hopefully you have a friend that has a church home and a devotional life. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually your that's the bare minimum that usually is there. But healthy friendships is uh, the way that you discern your friendships in college, it's probably the way you're going to pattern it in the future. Yes. And it, it, it's, I'm not going to say everything is now or never, but that beginning behavior of getting to know someone, discerning their character, figuring out what direction they're going to go, is kind of what you're going to begin to frame in the future. So it's a good thing to learn how to practice. That's great. The, the fourth thing that I... I underscore is sexual purity mm-hmm. um, we have seen astronomical numbers in terms of uh, porn, porn use mm-hmm. now not only amongst uh, men uh, but among, amongst women mm-hmm. um, the, the the numbers of, of men teenage years to age 25 it's just you just can't believe uh, it's up around 70, 80 percent. Those are the ones being honest <laughs> with the, um, you know, with the polls yeah. mm-hmm. that are that are given and taken. And so, as we as we think about sexuality, we know that God designed sex for marriage mm-hmm. and for that that covenant relationship between a husband and a wife. Uh, now it seems that there is is almost an expectation for hookup culture on the college campus. It it, it would be almost, uh, a person would be incredulous, especially a a young man would be incredulous if the the girl he was going out with wasn't going to hook up with him in some sexual way. And uh, so sexual purity can't be just something that a college freshman is going to to hope for, but Mm -hmm. it's going to have to be committed to. Amen. And and run after with great... Uh, and vigorous and uh, prayerful <laughs> uh, strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't, just to piggyback on what you're saying, John, this is not something that's just going to happen by being in default mode. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the scriptures tell us in First Corinthians six, I believe it is, that you are to flee sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, that is an important point that where Paul is saying you don't stand and fight this. You don't sort of wait around and try to hope that it'll go away. You run away from it. Mm-hmm. You, yes. get, you get yourself out of the situations where um, the, where the temptation is. A friend of mine told me a story uh, many years ago where he was uh, a bellboy, a bellhop, and he was walking uh, with this uh, lady with her luggage. And she was a, a beautiful woman, a bit seductive in the way that she was communicating with him. And, um, and when he came, when he brought the luggage into the room, uh, she shut the door behind him and made some very suggestive comments. Hmm. And uh, he he uh, kind of looked at her and remembered that verse, flee sexual immorality. And he uh, walked by her over to the door, opened the door up, and then ran down the hall that's right. uh, to the Good elevator. Man. Good man. And uh, that's kind of the picture you have to have in your head, that there are going to be situations. And and very tempting situations for men and, and women, for, for, for young men and young women to be involved in that way. And you need to flee. And um, mm-hmm. uh, you need to decide now that you're not going to place yourself in compromising mm-hmm. situations. Yes. Um, staying out late at night with someone from the, alter, uh, from the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, laying around on a couch after midnight mm-hmm. with someone of the opposite sex. These are the kind of things, freedoms, that, mm-hmm. that a student's going to have, yeah. which, once again... Uh, is why it's important to have a solid church home, to have <laughs> elders that you're accountable to, yeah. um, that you have good, uh, healthy friendships, that you're spending mm-hmm. time with Jesus. If you take away those three things, how much more difficult is it going to be to stay sexually yeah, pure? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. One, one of the important things here as well is that um, there's a lie that is often that we often tell ourselves that it's really no big deal. It doesn't matter. Everybody's doing it. Um, it's just you know, it's I'm I'm, I'm in college, so I can. You know, it's just it's just my college days. The lie is that that doesn't affect you and doesn't affect the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Now, look, there's grace and there's mercy and there's forgiveness, and all three of us sitting here at this table are thankful for that um, in every aspect of our lives. But the choices you make in college, as Gabe has been saying, mm-hmm. they will affect you, mm-hmm. and they will um, sometimes affect you greatly for the rest of your life. Yes, there's no yeah. question about that, for good or for ill. For good or mm-hmm. for ill. Yes. The final thing I mentioned is gospel-driven. Now, I, I added this sort of at the end, and I thought, you know, we may have a lot of good intentions. We may want to fulfill parental expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may have some drive at the beginning, but those things will eventually fade mm-hmm. in terms of their intensity. It will be the love of Christ that will ultimately compel the college freshman mm-hmm. to be steadfast and immovable and abound in the work of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's important that the gospel stays central in the heart and mind of the college freshman. Mm. Uh, remember, the college freshman must remember that Christ, the Son of God, the Prince of Heaven, conquered sin, death, and hell, and He did it all for you. Amen. And it's that love, and again, hearing that love being proclaimed from the pulpit and the table and the font mm-hmm. on the Lord's Day in His church and spending time in His Word and hearing that love being communicated to you in His Word and having healthy friendships where you're talking about that love mm-hmm. and keeping one another accountable in that love 
and by staying sexually pure, it's, it's, it's the love of Christ that will compel the college freshmen to continue steadfast in the Lord in their college years. That love of Christ, therefore, means your identity is, is wrapped up in Christ. Yes. And so your grades, your friends, your success, those things are not what ultimately define who you are. Yeah. But the Lord Jesus does. Well, this has been a wonderful discussion. Uh, thank you, brothers, for your wisdom. If you are listening to this and you're a college freshman or a parent of a college freshman or anyone at all, we hope it has been encouraging to you. And we'll hope that you'll join us again on Between the Times. Between the Times.